ready. Are you ready to worship with us? Are you sure? All right. Yes, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another beautiful day our God has made. You know, <laughs> it's always a challenge, isn't it? But. Amen, Suzanne. <laughs> you know, sometimes, um, sometimes we come here and we forget to, to lay the things down that we need to. Now, I'm not talking your, your purses or your, you know, personal effects. I'm talking your, your burdens, the things that weigh you down. Um, you know, sometimes it's a fire of affliction or addiction. Sometimes it's a, it's a flood of anxiety and worry. But know that you can just set it aside now. This is, this is the place to do that, okay? This is the place that we, we're here for one reason. Yeah. We're here for his holy word. And when we, when we listen to his holy word and when we speak his holy word, we are praising our heavenly father. You know, when we, uh, and we're not just praising our heavenly father. And we, we don't just pray in Jesus' name. We praise in Jesus' name. Every time we're singing our songs up here, we're doing it in Jesus' name. So please lift your hands, lift your hearts, lift your voices, and help us celebrate and praise in Jesus' name.
your turn. Let me hear you sing it. Oh, oh there's nothing here. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, there's nothing.
Jesus, that's our cry of our hearts today, God, that we just want to know you more. We just surrender all to you, Jesus. We give it all to you because you're worthy of the highest praise, Jesus. You are worthy of our love. You're worthy of our adoration. You're worthy of our hearts, Jesus. We lay it all at the foot of your cross right now, God. God, take whatever, whatever is unpleasing to you out, God. And just fill it with you, Jesus. We're here for you. We are here to give you praise and love, Jesus.
Who's awake? <laughs> now that you're awake, we welcome you to church. Who's glad to be here? I see a lot of smiling faces. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to go find somebody else to smile at and give a hug. happy to be at church? Who's happy it's Sunday? This is the Lord's Day, right? Isn't every day his? Uh-huh. You know, there's actually a, a song out there. Sometime I'll pull up and have you guys listen to, but there's actually a, a song out there that says, God of all my days. Not just my Sunday, but my every day. So, welcome to church. This is the lovely, stunning Miss Heather. She's going to get a much bigger cheer. I'm Pastor Keith. And we welcome you. If you guys are here, we love that you're here in person. If you're online, we love it that you're online. And we want to continue in our tithes and in our offerings. Um, and if you think about the idea of giving, uh, you guys know me. I'm going to go in a little bit different direction this morning. And I'm going to pull up another coffee mug bumper sticker verse. And I'm going to go to Philippians. You guys are all going to know this verse. And this verse says, I'm reading out of the New King James. This verse says, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, and when you hear that verse, a couple things stick out to me. First of all, if you read the context of that verse, Paul is writing that to the Philippian church as a reflection of their generosity and their giving. Because in the verses before that, he's talking about how they've been giving, how they've been generous how they've supported him in his missionary journeys, even when he was in Thessalonica and other places. And that verse, you notice, doesn't say God might. It got, got, doesn't say if you're good enough. It doesn't say if you do all the right things. It says my God will supply all of your needs. And this morning I went and looked up that verse, or that, that word will, in the original Greek. And the original Greek will say, says you will be filled up. And all need will be filled up. So sometimes we worry, and in giving we worry about all the reasons that we can't give. But that is a promise. And again, it's not an if. It's not a maybe. God speaks confidently because he's watched the generosity of the Philippian church. And he says, my God will supply all of your needs. You will not go without anything you need. So as we reflect on that, when we have the ushers come up, there's a couple of different ways you can give. You can give um, online in the church center app. Obviously, you can give in person as the ushers bring up the, the giving buckets, and you can give um, in back. But we're going to pray over the offering now. But think of think of the, the, the generosity of that Philippian church, and think of the fact that God will give you everything you need. Not maybe, not if, not hopefully, but he will. Father God, we thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for 
all that you do, God. We thank you for your promise, and we stand in your promise of scripture, God. We speak that over everybody that sits in this room. I speak that everybody who hears my voice online, the promise of scripture that says, my God will supply all of your needs. And I pray, Lord God, that each and every single person that hears that, whether it's today, whether it's in the future, walk in the confidence that their father, that their God, that their daddy will supply and give them everything that they need. God, I pray, God, that you bring your offering into your storehouse, Lord God. We pray over it. We pray over how it will be used, Lord God, that it will go out and it will bless many. That, that the funding that comes in this morning, God, will change the lives of the community around us. It will change the lives of our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and it will even go to the ends of the earth. God, we thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing for it. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Well, first of all, welcome, everybody. If this is your first, second, or third time, we would like to give you a small gift over here at the very back when you come in. Michelle will be there. So if you um, can fill out a communication card, that way we can keep in touch with you throughout the week and touch base and make sure that you have what you need from us. So, few announcements. Uh, youth, this Tuesday, it is taco night. Yeah. Wow, it is like so dead in here. No youth showed up after camp today. Oh, uh, wait, Caden, Caden, yes, yes. <laughs> Good job, Caden. You know, taco night is almost, almost worth shaving my beard for and looking 12 years old again to go to tacos. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. I vote for him to shave. <laughs> hey, hate to the pressure. <laughs> okay, so youth summer camp was amazing. There was great breakthroughs for all, and there was lots of fun. Caden had a very adventurous time, I heard. <laughs> also, this week coming up, we have Sisterhood this Thursday. So there are all the details for it on the uh, Church Center app. So for those of you who are involved, we are continuing with our study with Uninvited with uh, Lisa Turkhurst. We are also continuing with, and you guys heard this many times, our Estonia Bible Project. And so far, I'm going to read the stats. We've been able to raise enough money for 204 Bibles. That's a little over $3,000. And what's really cool, the most cool part about that is $553 of that has come from our kids. And, and we're not even talking our youth, we're talking our little ones. For them to get in their heart now to bring and, sh and share and collect that kind of money for a place that, no, that right now doesn't have easy access to Bibles. So that's incredible, it's amazing. We're going to continue to um, raise funds for that because that's, that's right now, that's an ongoing need. The other thing I'm going to uh, announce excitedly is, and next week, um, there are more Bibles that are going to go straight to the Russian border to go into Russia, which is even separate from this. So it's cool, it's amazing to continue to see you guys be a part of getting Bibles into places in the world that don't have them right now in places that we can't go. Oh, and they are celebrating today, ooh, with an ice cream party. Oh. Another reason almost to be willing to shave, to be, look, look 12 again. Yeah, serving kids today. Well, you guys want to serve kids every day because you know what? That, that's my little plug this morning. You guys want to serve kids every day because serving those kids, that's our next generation and that's our future. 
and we can talk about going overseas, we can talk about going to Mexico, we can talk about all those cool things, even giving to Estonia Bibles, but to serve and pour into the next generation and to raise them up is one of the greatest things we can do. So those who are parents, continue to do what you do. If you have, don't serve in kids, sign up to serve in kids because giving to that next generation, pouring into them, that is what's going to continue to change the world. Also, one last little plug here for Estonia Bible Project. If you still want to give, it's $15 a Bible, and you can do so on the Church Center app as well. So we also have a back-to-school bash on August 6th. It's from 11 to 2 p.m., and we're partnering with our community. And um, we're trying to get school supplies to all the kids in our community who can't afford that or, or spread thin this year. So um, next Sunday, you can bring it to uh, church or you can bring it to the event. And it's going to be held in the State of Debtors parking lot. And, and oh, you guys yeah. know, you guys know, though, that God would command you to do that. It's going to sound funny. That's going to sound weird, right? But you guys all know the Great Commission, right? Great Commission is to go into all the world. And Jesus said it this way. You're Jerusalem, you're Judea, you're Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Guess what? Stay at our brother's parking lot. That's our Jerusalem. Go be a part of that. You don't, you don't have to know how to witness. You don't need to be... Um, you don't need to be a Chuck Smith or anything. You can just go and be Jesus to the people in our community without agenda. So go and be a part of that because it's incredible. It's important. That is just as valuable as going across the world. Be a part of sharing Jesus and being Jesus in our Jerusalem. There's a lot of things that they're going to be doing also during this time. Um, they're going to have a watermelon eating contest. <laughs> there will be live music. Um, we will be able to share the gospel to everybody. There'll be lots of fun. Also, um, they're asking if there are any barbers or hairdressers um, for them to volunteer their time and their services so that we can give these kids new haircuts and stuff and ready for the, the new year so they look just as clean cut as the rest of everybody going in. And do, do something for me, guys. And do something for us as a pastoral team. Don't just think about attending that this week. But starting today and tonight, start praying over Start praying over the people that will come to that, and you may not know their names and you may not who they are. Specifically ask God to give you an encounter with somebody that you can speak into and somebody life you can impact. Don't wait and hope that maybe God puts you in a position. Actively seek him and pray to put you in a position to reach somebody. Actually ask him. Don't be afraid. Sarah's already smiling at me. We have something special for her too. Don't, but, but, but don't wait, guys. Pray about that. Pray about that. Also, it doesn't take much when you're sh school shopping for your own children. Grab an extra box of crayons, a pack of pencils, a pack of paper. Every little piece helps. And that pack of paper that costs you 50 cents on sale is going to mean the world to a child who doesn't have that. So every little supply and every teacher, Sarah included, will scream bloody murder for excitement over the fact that there are extra school supplies. There's a lot of need for school supplies. So the, even if you don't have kids and you happen to be walking through Walmart or wherever, pick up something extra, just a little pack of pens, something simple, and that will go a long, long way for another child. All right. And, and it doesn't cost you anything? It doesn't cost you anything to go except yeah. for your time. 
with that, we're going to invite Pastor Sarah up. She's speaking today. I was trying to get the youth to do the wave for her, but there's not enough of them here. What's going on? There you go. There you go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, look, two water bottles. They know I'm going to need some water. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to back up microphone. I'm, I'm all set. Um, so good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be here with you guys this morning and just get to um, share a message that God put on my heart. Um, and so uh, I'm going to, I'm trying to like emulate Pastor Justin, even though I'm not Pastor Justin, but I have to say hi to all the people online. So um, let's see here. So we have Chris Miller driving back from Arizona with Gigi. Good morning. Um, Lori Allen Mitchell, Melanie McKinney, Caroline, Dorothy, good morning, you guys. Um, Maddie Gonzalez, good morning. Uh, Jim Livingston, Carl, um, Adam Hayden is double dipping, as Pastor Justin likes to say it. See, I know all the catchphrases, right? Um, and so good morning to everybody that's joining us in person and online. Just so excited to have you guys here this morning. So um, thank you guys for being here. Um, and... So this is, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret, okay? But it's not a secret anymore because I'm about to tell you guys. So this is my first time actually being up here um, bringing a message. So, um, you know, everybody's been like, oh, are you nervous about it? Like, are you, are you anxious or whatever? I'm a teacher, so I get to stand up in front of middle school kids. And I will say for last night, I did not have like the back to school um, dream that I normally have that I'm like up there with like no clothes on and I'm like talking to my students and I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do. So I did not have that dream. So that was, that was a step in the right direction, right? Okay, good. Um, so last week, Pastor Justin talked about um, doing the impractical to see God do the impossible. And so um, as I was preparing for the message, I was just, you know, praying and I'm like, God, like, just show me what I'm supposed to be talking about. And I had, you know, my little notepad and my list of things and I'm, you know, writing my list out and I'm like, oh, this Bible verse is good. Oh, this Bible verse is good. Um, and, but none of them were kind of like gelling and I'm like, ah, these don't feel right. Um, and, and in my head, I, you know, had a list of like, oh, if I ever got to get up and preach, I would talk about this, this, and this, you know, but none of those worked out either. So here I am. Um, I, Ava decided, Ava's my daughter, she's 11 years old, and she, she always asks me before, or more recently, she's been asking me, like, hey, mom, can you read the Bible to me before I go to bed? And I'm like, of course, like, we want the Bible in our kids, right? And so um, she loves the story of, of baby Jesus. So I'm like, cool, let's go ahead and start with Matthew. And so um, each night I read a chapter from Matthew to her. And so we left off at uh, chapter 13, you know, and then it came time to, to do this message. And I'm like, well, like, there's so much good stuff in Matthew. If you haven't read it, read it. It's, like, awesome, and you'll want to talk about all of it, but I won't do that today. Um, so uh, I sat down. AG was like, hey, have you gotten ready to you know, do the message yet, and I'm like, no, like, you know, wasn't feeling the best this week, and, and I'm like, no, like, my, I just need to be, like, in the right mindset, and so then I'm like, God, I think that you have something for me in Matthew, so I sat down, and I was like, okay, let me read, let me read, and so I'm reading, and I'm, like, getting real tired, because I'm like, this is good stuff, and I can't even take it all in, and I'm about to fall asleep sitting up, right, and so um, I got to Matthew 18, and I'm like, okay, no, it's just time for a nap, God. You, you need me to rest. You need me to get my mind on. So I lay down, you know, to take a nap. And, of course, um, you know, my husband and we had some Kenton children and Kenton dogs at our house last week. 
um, or this, yeah, I guess last week. Um, and so then like a ruckus starts being made and I'm like, cool, guess no nap for me. Awesome. You know? And so then I'm like, let me sit down and let me finish reading. And in that moment, God revealed to me exactly what it was he wanted me to preach about. So um, this is the Bible verse. I kept going in Matthew, you know, because I knew that God wanted me to be there. So Matthew 20, 28. Um, I'm going to kind of shorten it down a little bit. But it says, for even the Son of Man came to serve, or came to be, came to serve, um, no, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as ransom for many. And so um, I was joking that Pastor Keith stole my message, but he kind of did. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, so um, let's go ahead and let's open up in prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for waking us up and putting breath into our lungs and encouraging us to come and be at church here this morning, Lord. Um, Lord, as, as I deliver this message, I just pray for our hearts and minds and, and ears to be open to it, Lord, and just speak to each person individually where they're at and just give them the exact message that you need them to hear this morning, Lord. I just pray over your people, Lord, um, just blessings upon them as they walk in their obedience. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, the title of the series has been Impractical, and, you know, Pastor Justin gave me literally no parameters as far as what I was supposed to um, speak about, but um, it's a good one, and I'm excited that, like, what God showed me just fit perfectly into it. And so I looked up the definition for impractical. So impractical means um, impossible to do, unrealistic, unworkable, silly, foolish, right? And, um, and then... The word serve came to my mind as well. Am I doing something? Nope. Okay. Um, So the word serve, um, when you serve, it's not about yourself. It's about other people, right? And so the definition of serve, it's a verb, and it means to perform duties or services for others. And so I was interested. I was like, okay, cool. Serving is, like, I love serving. Like, if I could just not be a teacher anymore and just serve every single day of my life, like, that's exactly what I would do. Um, I told my aunt and uncle when I was like, oh, I don't know if I can be a teacher anymore. Like, things are really hard as a teacher these days. And my uncle was like, well, what is it that you would do? And I was like, I would literally have no job. And I would just go and serve everywhere, like serve in my community. I would go to Mexico. I would go to Estonia. I would go everywhere and serve. Like, that's just what my heart is. And so, um, so I looked it up, and I'm like, well, how many times does it say to serve in the Bible? Anybody want to take a guess? 385, I heard. 1,000. Okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you guys just so we're not here all day because we could guess numbers. And my son almost had it correct because he got to read my notes before I came up here and did this. But um, So it's 309 times it says to serve in the Bible, 309 times. So obviously, in my opinion, if somebody mentions something 309 times, it's important. And it's something that we need to be doing. So for me personally, I feel like I was born to serve. I don't know if that's in everybody, probably not, but but for me, I feel like I was born to serve. Um, in elementary school, I would go, you know, and I'm in third or fourth grade, and I would go over into the kindergarten classes on my lunch break, and I would help in the kindergarten classes because I loved serving the teacher. 
And then um, fast forward to middle school, um, I had an elective class that I got to take. And because our schools, like middle school and elementary school, were separated just by like a little walkway. And so I got to go over to the elementary school as my elective, and I got to serve again. And then high school, I got to be a teacher's assistant, and I got to help the teacher. Like, I just loved it, serving. And then in college, I got to be a tutor and go to a middle school campus, and I got to tutor on a middle school campus. Again, serving. I loved it. Um, In high school, I also got to watch my mom um, serve our community. And I didn't grow up in in the church. Like, we, you know, did not go to church. It was one of those things like, oh, you spent the night at your friend's house and they go to church on Sunday. Cool. You got to go with them. Like that type of a thing. I never went um, to church, you know, consistently, but I got to see my mom serve the community. Um, Our family was big into softball. And so she was the president of the softball organization. And by default, as a kid, I got to go around and I got to be an umpire. I got to work in the snack bar. I got to be a coach. I got to do all of these things that got to serve the community. And I got to see her be like a Girl Scout leader. And mind you, this is a woman that has six children. My, my youngest sister, Sydney, was essentially born on the softball field. Um, and so um, I just got to see my mom just serve. She had a full-time job. My dad, it was during, you know, the recession in the 80s. And my dad um, sometimes was out of work because he was a construction worker. And my mom, you know, took on the burden and she worked full time and she had time to serve her community. So I got to kind of always see it growing up and not necessarily that it was for the Lord, but it was still serving the community regardless. And then I get to church and I'm like, oh my gosh, people that love to serve, like these are my people, right? Um, And first church, we got to do Love Active, giving clothing to people in the community that needed things and food. Um, And then I got to meet Pastor Keith, and AJ and I got to go to Estonia and serve like halfway around the world. It's over by Russia, just in case you're not sure where that's at. Um, and I, we just got back from our four, my fourth trip to Estonia, um, you know, in June. And then um, I got asked to lead an Awana program and to serve the community for kids that, you know, it becomes like a babysitting job, but pouring into those kids. Um, got to go to Mexico, TCM, and get to serve down there. Um, and then we got to partner up with uh, the Slave Free Project and CERT Ministries, and we get to serve there. We get to serve in church on Sundays, just like serving everywhere. It is totally my jam and where, where I feel like I'm meant to be. So, um, so I'm excited to be able to talk about this with you guys. And um, I just want to encourage you guys that I get that serving is impractical. Like, it doesn't make sense. Nobody has time. Um, Time is one of the most valuable resources because you can't ever get it back, right? And so it doesn't seem practical to give up your time to serve. But um, God duplicates the time that you give up serving. He blesses it and he duplicates it so that you can do it. And he gives you the endurance to do it so that you can continue serving. And it doesn't seem like it's... There we go. I'll just stay right here. Sorry. Pastor Justin gets to jump all over the stage, and I can't even, like, (laughs) okay. Um, So um, I thought that it would be fun to look at all 309 Bible verses this morning, so we're going to go over all of those. No, I'm just teasing. AJ was like, you better not do that. People are going to get up and walk out if you go over all 309. (laughs) And so I do have a lot of Bible verses, but just bear with me. Um, So first, if you have your Bible, please go ahead and open it up. Anybody have any paper Bibles? 
You got some? Yeah? I'm not going to use mine because I have a lot of them, and to like, be able to flip back and forth is going to confuse me and fluster me and make me take all day. So I, I, I typed mine out. Okay. Um, so the first verse that I wanted to look at for this morning is, again, it's a portion of it. It's Joshua 24, 15. Um, so Joshua 24, 15. So it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites who, in whose land you now live? I'm reading off the screen in the back. I'm cheating. Okay. Um, and then this is the part that I put in my notes. But as for me and my family, or as for me and my house, we will serve who? The Lord. We will serve the Lord. Um, and that's just... Like, I, I love that. Like, we have it hanging up in our kitchen. It's kind of one of those bumper sticker phrases that Pastor Keith likes to talk about. Um, but each day, we have to wake up and we have to decide who we're going to serve, right? Because we can serve the world and we can serve the people that are in the world, which is good. Don't get me wrong about serving people in the world. But we don't want to become people that only live to serve the world, right? And live by what the world tells us to do and what the world has, how they say that we should act and the things that it says that we should do. Um, so it seems impractical, right? Um, waking your kids up, if you have children, waking your kids up early in the morning and being like, hey, come on, we got to get to church at eight so we can help set up, right? It seems impractical, like foolish, like who's going to wake up a sleeping child to get them to go to, to get them to go to church early? You know, um, a lot of people, um, if you work a regular, you know, nine to five job Monday through Friday, you wake up early in the morning, five days a week, and you get two days that you get to sleep in. And you're like, heck no, I want to sleep in. I don't want to be waking up and going to church and serving and, and doing those things. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to sacrifice a little bit of yourself and a little bit of your time in order to um, serve the Lord. And, you know, um, you can bring your kids in and, and have your kids help. Um, they can help set up chairs, put away chairs, do community cleanups. We do community cleanups out in the community. I don't know how many times I've seen Emily there with her kids in strollers walking and picking up trash. And uh, her kids are little, and they still are able to help, and they are able to serve. I know Caden's favorite verse. I didn't put it in there, but what is it, bud? First Timothy 2. 412. Okay. And if it's not, then you can blame him. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, it's talking about not being um, like you're never too young to serve the Lord. Like you're never, ever too young. Don't let people tell you you're too long, young to serve the Lord. Um, and here's the deal. If you get your kids involved and being a part of serving, um, like who doesn't want kids that want to serve people instead of being served, right? And I can say that because I know my youngest daughter, she's like, oh, I just want to sit in the car. I don't want to serve. I don't want to do this. Like, why do we have to go? So I get it. I get the backlash and I get, you know, this morning it was like pulling teeth. I'm like, come on, let's go ask Pastor Chelsea when you get to serve. Because she's like, I'm bored. Well, cool, then serve if you're bored, right? Um, but if you keep planting those seeds and um, showing kids that you can serve together and you and your family chooses to serve the Lord, it's going to impact their future. And um, you get to choose if your family is going to serve the Lord. That's up to you. That's not, um, it's not something that somebody else can decide for you, right? You get to choose that you're going to serve the Lord. 
Um, and then uh, just some examples. Coming back from Estonia, I'm going to share some examples of, of all of these points that I'm making. So bear with me through that. But um, we have a friend, um, Helena, and she is she's amazing, first of all. And she is the head of Heaven TV7 in Estonia. So it's the only Christian network in all of Estonia that brings content um, into homes. Um, and she is the producer for it. She makes everything happen. She figures out what content's going to be on it. Like, she's busy. She does live programming in the evening. She, she just works a lot. In addition to that, she gets to help um, the Union of Estonian Evangelical Baptist Churches to organize events for churches throughout all of Estonia. Um, in addition to that, uh, she serves in her church. Her and her family serve in her church on Sundays. And she gets up and she preaches in church, right? Like, that's a person that could say, like, oh, I'm too busy. I have too much going on. I'm already serving in other areas, right? But she still chooses to show up on Sundays and to serve um, to serve as God's asked her to do. Um, another friend, Katri, she and her husband own a successful real estate business and property management company over in Estonia. And um, she does all the behind the scenes, all the paperwork, and does all of that stuff. And she has some, some kids, but she does have a small, a small um, child. And she shows up every Sunday, and she serves in kids' ministry, or kids' Sunday school, they call it, over there, um, because there's nobody else to serve. So it's her every single weekend. And that takes dedication. That's not practical, right? Like running a business all during the week and then showing up. Um, and then in our own church, um, Michelle here, she works six days a week, um, you know, a Monday through Friday job. And then she also works at um, her daughter's dance studio on Saturdays. And so Sunday is literally her only day to get to sleep in. And you see Michelle, and if you've ever had five seconds to talk to her, you know that she is just the sweetest, most wonderful, caring person. And um, I couldn't tell people that I wrote about them in my message, so sorry about that. Okay. But she shows up with her family. She shows up with her family. And um, John, again, amazing, amazing couple and kids that go back and serve in kids' ministry, or they've done parking lot duty. They've done all of these things. And they, for them, they choose for their household to serve the Lord, right? And so it's not something that's just unique for only the adults in the household. It can be the whole entire household that serves. So that's um, my first point is that your family can serve. Don't let that be something that, oh, I forgot to even say the title of my message. The title of my message today, see, I need practice, um, is what is stopping you. So don't let your family, don't let the excuse of having a family stop you from serving, right? Because the Lord can use you and the Lord can use your family, the Lord can use your kids, the Lord can use all of it if you allow him to use it. Okay, and then my first point is your family can serve. Um, with that being said, uh, last night the Lord put on my heart, uh, I like doing crafting and that kind of stuff, and the Lord was like, people need to declare that over their household, like the, the, their household is going to serve the Lord. And so um, so last night at maybe 11, 11.30, I was up making stickers <laughs> that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24, 15. So after service, Michelle has stickers back there. If you want to declare that over your house... I want you to go and I want you to pick up one of those stickers and put it somewhere as a reminder that you and your house is going to serve the Lord, okay? 
Um, and there's some other ones over there too, um, but I'll talk about those in a few minutes. Okay, good. Okay, so fast forward to my 309 Bible verses. Okay, next up we have 1 Peter 4, 10, 11. Then, um, and these are all out of the New Living Translation. Okay, um, so it says... I'm going to read off of my notes because I actually have all of this one on here. So it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, I need to take some water. Sorry. Okay. Um, so God's given each of us abilities, right? And we want to make sure that we're using those abilities to faithfully serve him. The abilities are not gifts that he bestowed to us like, hey, like, you're a wonderful singer, right? We have an awesome worship team, awesome musicians. Like, I part of me was thinking, I'm like, please, dear Lord, do not let them turn this microphone on when I am getting my worship on. Because everybody is going to be scared and they are going to be like, who are they letting sing up there if they hear me singing, right? That's not my spiritual gift and that's okay. The Lord gives us all different spiritual gifts. But um, like with uh, Taylor and I don't know where Larissa went to, but wherever Larissa is, she's probably hiding. Oh, no, both Larissa's, yep, yeah. Um, I was just saying who was up singing today, sorry. Yeah, both Larissa's have absolutely beautiful voices. Um, Casey, same thing, just the talent that comes out. But those are gifts. It's not meant for you to, if you're a singer, it's not meant for you to sit in your shower and sing to yourself or to sing, you know, only to your children when you tuck them in and put them to bed at night. But that is a gift that the Lord has given you. Get it out there and share it. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. Don't keep all of your gifts to yourself. Um, and, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Like, I have no idea. I'm new to this whole entire thing. What is my gift? Um, I would encourage you. The church has a lot of needs, right? The community has a lot of needs for that matter. But if you see a need in the church, then um, step out. And maybe you're going to find your spiritual gifting and trying to do something new. Um, Hannah, for instance. Hi, Hannah. You're in here, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hannah, for instance, um, last week she was serving in preschool, okay? That was the first time. I don't know if you've done that before, but that was the first time I had ever seen Hannah back there serving in preschool. And she stepped out, and I think Cameron was back there the week before that, or have you been back there? He floats around everywhere, yep. Um, and so uh, I was just so proud of Hannah because she stepped out. Like, who knows? And I don't know, and we won't put you on the spot and make you answer, but maybe she loved serving in kids. Maybe she hated it, but she stepped. She loved it. Okay, good. Woo, woo. Wipe that sweat off. Well, like, not putting anybody on the spot, right? Um, but, but if you don't ever step out and you don't ever try anything new, you're never going to find what your spiritual gifts are that the Lord's given you. So step out. And, and go for it. If you've never served in kids before, then do it. Try something new. That's why I'm saying Pastor Keith was stealing all of my points. I'm like, dang it, Pastor Keith, duct tape. Um, so, so step out, talk to Pastor Chelsea, see how you can serve. And if you serve back there, and if, you, if that's not what your calling is, then that's okay. She's not going to keep sticking you back there. I'm a testament of that, right, Pastor Chelsea? <laughs> That's a different story for a different time. Okay, that's my next, that's my next topic. Okay, um, 
Um, same thing with guest services. Um, uh, that's one that uh, I get to oversee, and we have so many wonderful people that go back there and serve and greet. Some people are not greeters, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so terrified to be greeting. Well, that's okay. You don't have to serve in that area, but step out in faith and try and let God open doors for you and see what door he has open for you. There's tons of different places that you can serve. Okay, so next up um, is Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. God's masterpiece. What's a masterpiece? Is it like the worst piece of work that you've ever seen that gets thrown into the trash? Absolutely not. It's a masterpiece, the most beautiful thing in all of creation. That is each of you. You are God's masterpiece. And he created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So he already knew. He knew what he wants you to be doing. He already, he knows. And so who are we to say, oh no, God, I'm just this piece of trash and nobody can use me. I can't serve. I'm damaged goods. I'm this. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You are his masterpiece. Let him use you. So God knew what he was doing when he created us. He created each of us with a purpose. He set his plan in motion, and so we need to get out of God's way and let him use us, right? Get out of his way and let him use us as he sees fit. Um, and I think of that, like, um, again, as I talked about the, the worship team, right? Like, he knew long ago who he was going to give the gifts and talents of singing to. He already knew. Like, it's no surprise to him. Like, you don't, he's not just like, oh, dang, girl, I had no idea that you could sing, right? He knew. It was a gift that he gave to you. He's well aware, and he wants you to use it. Okay, good. Um, so next up, we have Mark uh, 9.35. So Mark 9.35. So this is um, Jesus. He sits down, and he calls the 12 disciples over to him, and he says, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. The servant of everyone else. Take last place. We live in a world today that that is 100% against what the world today says, right? The world today says, focus on yourself, self-help, do this, do that, be a better person, be a better this, be a better da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, to the point where I decided, hey, let's look up how many self-help books there are, right? Because I'm looking up things and doing research. Throw out some numbers of how many self-help books. 20,000, okay. A lot. Okay, I, I won't keep you guys in suspense. There are currently on the market today 85,000 self-help books. 85,000. That means these are books that people are going and spending money on and buying and, and just constantly looking for how to improve themselves. When we have the one book that says it all, right? This is the one book that we need on how to help ourselves. And so um, when you focus on Jesus, everything else seems to fall into place, right? Um, I don't have to wake up 
in the morning and, and, you know, be going over all of my shortcomings and all of the areas that I fall short. And, oh, if I just went to the gym and worked out a little bit, I could, you know, maybe be a smaller size jeans. Or, or if I didn't eat that, then I could do this. Or if I just said this, I could do this. Or if I helped this person, then I could do that. Um, or, like, why didn't I do that? Like, all of this self-doubt that we, that's put in our head. But, but guess what? If you focus on doing the Lord's will and serving other people, there's no room for that. There's no room to focus on yourself, right? Like Pastor Keith uh, preached about a couple weekends ago, um, it's not about you, right? When you focus your eyes on Jesus and what he has for you, then your life is going to be changed. You can't sit back when you can't serve somebody, right? You can't go out and serve somebody and be feeling sorry for yourself. You're not going to be like, man, you know, I have no money, but, but here's a loaf of bread for you, right? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to be like, you know what? I might not have the most money right now, but that person looks like they need a loaf of bread. Let me bless them for it, right? And so that's my encouragement is that um, whoever wants to be the first must take last place. Now, I want to be very careful, right? Um, I, I'm not getting up here and saying, don't take care of your temple, right? Your body is a temple that the Lord has given to you, and it's our responsibility to take care of it. So make sure you're doing that. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you're healthy, all of those things. I'm just saying, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He'll show you exactly what he wants you to do, okay? Okay, good. Um, James 2, 17, 20. Okay, so Caden uh, was supposed to be serving in kids today, and he asked to come and, you know, listen to my message. But he was like, Mom, can I read over your message? And I'm like, uh, sure. And I, like, hand my notebook over to him, and he's like, wow, Mom, that's good. He goes, I'm surprised you don't have the Bible verse in James. And I'm like, well, what Bible verse? And um, so last night I added it at the, you know, at late, because I'm like, my kid is over here, like, speaking to me, right? Like, how, how am I not going to listen to him? It doesn't matter that he's 14 years old. He has a word, and he has a message to preach. And so he was like, yeah, Mom, it's in James. And he brings down his Bible, and he shows me his highlighted verses in there, so I added it. So James 2, 17 through 20. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Dead and useless if it doesn't produce good deeds. Now, some may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Okay? So God calls us to do good deeds. He calls us to do good things. We can't just have faith and sit back in a corner and keep it in a box and just be like, the Lord's going to provide. The Lord's going to provide. Um, no, like he gives us the ability to go out and do things. And it doesn't have to be financial all the time. It can be acts of service, giving up time, okay? Um, it's, it's, it's good. So faith needs to be accompanied by action. Some of us uh, find it easy to seek God, God's help when we need it, but when we are called to obey God, we refuse. We must back up our commitments with our actions. Anybody ever heard that old saying that actions speak louder than words? You can run your mouth all day long and say all the good things that you want to say, but if your actions don't 
add up to anything, then what's the point? What's the point? There is no point, right? Um, and, and in this, I see that uh, Phil, hi, Phil. I'm so glad that you're here today. I knew I was going to talk about you, but I'm like, he's either going to be online, but praise God that you are here in person. Praise God. Um, Phil is amazing, and it, when he needs prayer requests, he asks for prayer. He does not hesitate to ask for prayer. But here's also the amazing thing about Phil, is that he shows up on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock with Pastor Keith, and Phil, um, you are sitting on what back there? He's sitting on his cart. He has a scooter that Phil gets around on, right? But guess what? When Phil is here on Sunday mornings, you will see Phil. I know we hide them all very well, but there are big um, uh, carts, big containers, and you see Phil. In fact, this stage this morning got into this room because Phil was pulling it into this room. Okay? So... He does everything that he can to the best of his ability, and obviously we know that there's some limitations, right? We, we know. We're, we're still pray, praying through all of that. But guess what? He shows up and he serves because that is something that God's given him. So not only does he have faith that God is going to heal his body, but he does good deeds as well, okay? So, again, um, I mean, I feel like I want to say no excuses, but I don't want to scare people away. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so that brings me to my second point, and that is ask God, ask where God wants you to serve. So ask him. Like, what's the worst he's going to say? Like, oh, I want you to serve in kids, and you're like, oh, man, I hate kids. But if he, if that's where he wants you, do it. Do it. Do it. Who cares? Do it. Just be obedient. Okay, I don't even know where I'm at right now. Okay, okay, here we go. Um, next Bible verse up is Mark 9.35. So Mark, no, I already did that. I already did that. Okay, yeah, I had some more examples in that. Um, because we were talking about the world says to help themselves or to help yourself and to focus on yourself and all of that. So in Estonia, we also have some friends, uh, Margot and Arvi, and they work in a place called the Village of Hope, which is a rehabilitation center over in Estonia. Um, and they both were addicts and went through this program and came out, and now they are choosing to serve. They just got married um, in May, so super happy for them. But um, they, they serve, and they help people focus on the Lord as they give up addictions, right? So again, it's not that you can read these self-help books and fix yourself. You have to depend on the Lord to get yourself in order, okay? And so replacing all of the focus on themselves and their addictions and turning it over to the Lord. And then we have our friends, um, Hannah and, uh, I always say his name wrong, so sorry, um, Costa, I think, if I said, I didn't say it fast enough, Constantine, yeah, that's the long version of it. And they work at um, a program called Living Israel, which again is um, a rehabilitation center for Russians, actually in Estonia. And um, they, they spend their life serving these people and teaching these people about the Lord so that they can overcome, again, these addictions and knowing that hope is only found in the Lord. Without the Lord, you have nothing. Okay? Um, good. Okay, so next up, now I'm on to a new Bible verse. Um, James two seventeen through 20. 
Nope, I just did that. Okay, I'm going all out of order. I'm going all out of order. James, yep, James 127. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Okay, um, James 127 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Refusing to let the world corrupt you. So when we serve orphans and widows, we, have, we don't have any hope of receiving something back, right? Like when we get to go down to Tijuana and um, serve the kids that live in the orphanage down there, um, there's nothing that they're going to give back. They're not going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for the backpacks. Here, let me give you, you know, a million dollars in small unmarked bills, right? They're not going to say that to us. But we still get to do that and we get to take care of them. Um, because it's, uh, it's not about us, right? It's about taking care of the people that God's put in our path. Um, if you've ever had the chance to meet Cindy, we talk about Cindy a lot. And she was a teacher. I believe she was a teacher in either Ohio or Indiana. I can't remember exactly where she was at. But um, she would go down and she would serve in the summers down at Tijuana Christian Mission. And she felt the Lord uh, put a call on her life to move down there. And so she, she left everything that she had. I mean, she still has family and friends and all of that kind of stuff. But she left it all, and she now lives down at the orphanage. And she serves those children, and she is like a mother to those kids. And she is not that old. How old is she? I don't even remember. I want to say she's in her late, mid to late. She's 30. She just turned 30, yep. Um, and she's left everything to go and care for these. And these kids consider her like a mother. And so she... She's been there for a long time. Yeah, I don't know how many years, so I won't make up numbers. But, yeah, she's been there for a long time. Um, and so that's what she's now devoted her life to doing, is to doing exactly living out what pure and genuine religion is, caring for the orphans. And we're lucky that we get to be a small part in that by sending backpacks down there or um, taking a team down there to prepare meals for them one Saturday a month. Um, yeah, it's good. And then I need some more water, sorry. Okay, um, and then we have uh, the Slave Free Project, or the CERT team that we help, and they go out and they rescue uh, people from trapped situations. Um, sometimes it looks like uh, human trafficking that they rescue people out of, but they rescue out of any trapped situations. But a lot of times those are um, runaways, right, that have become essentially orphans, and so they care for those people and go out and look for them, um, so another great example of living that out. Um, and then uh, Ed and Julie. You guys are on my list. Okay. Um, Ed and Julie. And I could literally talk about pretty much everybody in here, but this is just what God put on my heart, so just bear with me. Um, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes as well. Um, so Ed and Julie, uh, they go down to TCM, and they were actually down there yesterday because uh, the team, it didn't work to take a team down, so they went down yesterday to provide a meal and um, to spend time with those kids down there. In addition to that, they pour into our youth and love on our youth and care for them. They show up, uh, they're on our greeting team as well, and they just do so much to just love, uh, love people. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. <coughs> and then uh, Proverbs 19.17 says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Um, when we help the poor, uh, we honor God, who's our creator, but we are also honoring his creation. So those people 
those orphans, the um, the people that need service, um, they are God's creations, and he loves them dearly, so dearly that he puts us in place to go and love on his people, right? And so we just have to um, offer, be willing vessels to offer the Lord our help, and he's going to use us. Um, next up, we have Acts twenty thirty five. And it says, and I have been a constant example, uh, this is Paul talking, um, so it says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words the Lord Jesus said. Um, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul's talking to fellow believers that he's uh, spent a lot of time with. He's prayed with them. He's broke bread with them. He cares for them dearly. And these are some of the, you know, parting words that he wanted to give back to them. Um, and the beauty is when you are able to bless others. But I don't know anybody who's ever been blessed but never received a blessing back. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not like somebody blesses, 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 and the Lord doesn't bless you back, right? And so he wants us to be more about you know, giving to other people, but we get it right back. Um, I remember somewhere down the line, I was at, and I'm going to use a lot of someones and somewheres in this, so just bear with me on this, but um, uh, someone was trying to give me something, and I was just like, no, no, like, I don't need that, like, like, I, I'm fine, I can get it on my own, like, I don't, and I don't remember what the thing is, I don't remember who the person was, I just remember the, the scenario in my head, um, and, and I'm just, like, trying to, like, I mean, nicely argue, like, thank you so much. Like, I appreciate that you thought of me, but I can go out and I can buy one of those on my own. Like, I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much, you know. And um, somebody came to me and they were just like, Sarah, like, why are you going to steal a blessing from somebody? Like, they want to be able to bless you. Like, how are you going to steal that from them? Like, what's the matter with you? So um, in that, I also learned that it's okay to, to allow others to bless you. It's okay to receive as well. Because as much as you're giving out, you are going to receive blessings back, and that's okay. Good. Okay, Matthew 5, 14, 16. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father, right? It's not about us getting the praise back like, oh, look at that person, they're so awesome. No, it's about the heavenly father getting it. Um, and as we experience God's deliverance, we are privileged to share the good news of God's love with others, extending hope to hurting people. Um, I am going to read a little quote out of this book. Um, I checked this out from the library. Again, I asked God, I'm like, God, like, show me like a book that you'd like me to read. And you know, he's like, here this is. And I'm like, whoa, that one? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you the title, and don't be scared, and don't leave. It says, Church of Cowards, a wake-up call to complacent Christians. Okay, this is going to be an ouch, so if you want to plug your ears, please feel free to do so. <laughs> okay, um, so it says, uh, why aren't you shouting? And this whole thing is good. Like, if you want to check it out from the library after me, you are welcome to do so. Okay. Um, <laughs> So it says, why aren't you shouting? Sure, we've come up with theological excuses for not going to church, not changing our lifestyles, not really doing anything at all. 
We found a verse or two that justifies our laziness in our minds. This is the one area of religion where we exert some effort in finding excuses not to be religious. But our brothers and sisters in the East, knowing nothing of these excuses, they cannot conceive why we'd even want to find them. They look at us and say with exasperation, you can be as Christian as you want and nobody will hurt you. Nobody will kill you. You can shout about Christ from the rooftops. So why aren't you on the rooftop shouting? We might, um, and then it goes, well, we might lose Facebook friends. Someone might accuse us of being weird. And besides that, if we start being really Christian, then we might feel guilty about all of the gossiping we do at work, all of the lies we tell, all of the sexual sin we commit, all of the porn we watch on our computers while our wives and children are sleeping. We might feel ashamed of the fact that we drink too much and spend too much of our money on frivolous things and that we give nothing to charity and that we make no sacrifices at all and that we just live like everyone else lives. That's what's stopping us. In other words, nothing is stopping us. We are stopping ourselves. We are comfortable and consumed by our comforts. Those are not my words. That is straight out of the book. There is more where that comes from. We don't have time for it today, though. Okay. Um, so, but when we get out of our comfort zone and are obedient to serving the Lord, um, we're doing exactly what he's asked. And others get to see those good deeds, and they get curious, like, dang, what's, what's different about that person? Well, they love the Lord. That's why they're out here serving people, because they love the Lord. And all of the glory and honor gets to get given back to the Lord, and that's what it's all about is the Lord is good to me, and so how dare I not be good back, right? Okay, you guys, I'm sorry if I'm putting people to sleep, but gosh. Okay, Um, so Hebrews 6.10, for God is not unjust. Praise God, right? God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that, you, uh, that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not be spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their something and endurance. I skipped that up. Faith and endurance. Yep, I forgot the word faith in mind. Um, I think it's easy sometimes for us to fall into that trap of thinking that God's forgotten us, right? And God doesn't see us. Oh, you know, Sarah didn't get up there and preach my name. That means that I must not be doing anything that's noticeable. That has nothing to do with it, right? God sees you. And who cares if Sarah sees you? Who am I? I'm nobody. I am literally nobody. If I don't see you, who cares? Like, I am nobody, okay? It's all about God, and God sees you, and he knows what you're doing, and that's all that really matters. Um, He doesn't forget our hard work. It says right there in the Bible verse, he doesn't forget it. Just because you don't receive rewards and accolades doesn't mean that uh, he doesn't see your efforts. He doesn't see the love that you give to people. He doesn't see the ministry that you're doing. He sees it all. He literally sees it all. Okay, Colossians 3.24 Work willingly, or or I started with 23, sorry. Uh, Work willingly at at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. 
Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and uh, the master that you are serving as Christ. I think that if uh, we regard our work as an act of service, it would take away the attitude of boredom, right? Like if we just said, um, if we worked without complaining, without resentment, and I'm preaching to myself here, okay? Because I do a lot of complaining according to my husband. Okay. Um, God doesn't, no, I'm, I'm teasing. God does hear my complaining. He hears all of it, even what my husband doesn't hear. Um, but, but I just, um, I was thinking like, if, if we physically saw God standing like right next to us, would we say half of the junk that we say? Would we complain about half of the things that we complain about? Like, oh, they didn't have my shoe size at Famous Footwear, right? Like, that's what I'm complaining about? Out of all of the things that there are, like, I'm complaining about that. Um, and we might think twice about our attitude, right? Um, just because we don't see him doesn't mean that he's not, he doesn't see us and doesn't mean that he's not here. Um, there's a tithing verse. I'm bad at that, but I'm about God loves a cheerful giver, right? We hear that all the time. And so I just think that um, what if we cheerfully served with a good attitude, right? And what if we, um, every time we served, we were excited that we got to go and serve instead of being bored like, oh, man, it's Sunday. Here we go. Another checklist. Got to set up some chairs. Got to do whatever. Like, what if we were excited that we get to be in the house of the Lord and we get to set up the house of the Lord and do exactly what it is that he's asked us to? What a better attitude to have, right? And the fact that um, the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. Hello. Like, who doesn't want that inheritance, right? I want good gifts from the Lord. And then in uh, my next Bible verse, and I'm almost done, I promise. I promise. Okay. Um, Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give don't give up. It might seem impractical in your mind to serve the Lord. I don't have the time. I just don't have it. I'm tired. I, I've worked so long doing this, and I just, I, I just can't do it anymore. It says, don't get tired of doing what is good. No one ever said it was going to be easy, right? Nobody ever said it was a walk in the park. Like, eh, you just get to, like, you know, walk along, pick flowers, smell them, and just be good. No, it's hard. It's hard, but don't get tired. It's impractical for everyone. I don't know about you, but um, I want to reap a harvest of blessing that comes from the Lord. Okay? And that's hopefully what everybody wants is to reap that blessing. So on the hard days, keep doing good. On the easy days, keep doing good. God's harvest of blessing is waiting for you. So don't withhold from the Lord. And my third point is God sees your servant heart. So God sees your servant heart. Everything that you do is not in vain. Okay? Um, and then my last Bible verse for today is 1 Samuel 12, 24. <clears throat> but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. When I think about it, all the wonderful things that he's done for me, like I'm in awe. I am so undeserving. Uh, Jesus died on the cross for me. Like for me. Like that was a gift for me. It was a gift for all of you too. Okay? Um, he, he got beaten and tormented to take the punishment for my sins. 
Was that not enough? Then I look around at everything in my life, literally everything, my family, my friends, our church, our pastors, my home, my job, literally everything. And how can I be anything but grateful? Anything but grateful. How can I not serve my God who has done so much for me? I owe him everything. He blesses and he multiplies my time and allows me to serve him in capacities that are impractical. But he is God and all I want for all the days of my life is to be able to serve him. It's okay to give up a little bit of yourself, a little bit of your time, a little bit of your comfortability and do as the Lord has asked you. So in closing out, um, I have a challenge, okay? Because messages are all fine and dandy and they're wonderful, but if you don't do anything with them, what's the point, right? What's the point? And so um, I want to challenge, if this is your home church and if this is your church family, um, I'm going to give you some things that you can do even starting today. Stay for 10 minutes after church and help tear down. If you really want to step out big, then stay until all of it's put away and see the time and the effort that goes into it and help with that. Or get here early on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to help set this all up. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, Saturday, as Pastor Keith stole my thunder, um, Saturday, there is a community event going on. Show up. Help. Yeah, it might be one of your two days off of work, or maybe it might be your one day off of work. But if the Lord is asking you to do it, how dare you not? How dare you not? Show up and help show God's love to our community. They need to know God too. If you're a guest or joining us online, um, find someone to serve this week. That's my challenge to you, is find someone to serve. Ask the Lord to put someone on your heart. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your coworker. Someone who needs help putting groceries in their car. Um, AJ, yesterday at uh, Target, he, there was this lady and her son and um, her mother, and she needed help finding a razor for her husband. And I don't know the circumstances around it. Her husband's in the hospital and he bleeds, so they needed to help choosing a razor that wouldn't, um, you know, cause damage to his face. Find somebody. Did that take much of AJ's time to help him, to help that woman find a razor so her husband wouldn't bleed? It didn't take that much time. But is that getting to show God's love wherever you're at? It is. Ask the Lord to show you. Don't make excuses. Most of the time, it will never be practical. But God has done impractical things for you. We need to be obedient and do impractical things for him as well. So um, I thank you guys for bearing with me uh, as I gave this message, but I really feel like something that the Lord has put on my heart, and I know that um, God's going to use you. Just, just let him. Just let him. Step out in faith and let him see how, how you can be used. So thank you guys. Come on. Lift up a shout for Pastor Sarah. Incredible message. Incredible message. 
That was an embodiment of my heart. You can leave it. You can whatever you want to do. Okay, I'll take it off. As an embodiment of my heart, I believe it's an embodiment of Jesus' heart for this house, for his church. So great message, Pastor Sarah. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, as, as we close out today, I want to make sure that every time that we have a time to, to speak, that we give an opportunity for someone to commit their life to Jesus. It's almost a wasted moment of a microphone if you don't give somebody the opportunity to give their life to Jesus. And so I want to take a moment, and with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe this message hit your heart in a huge, huge way. In other ways, it might have been like, whoa, what is this all about? But I'll tell you this, God has such an important purpose for your life. And don't let selfishness, self-doubt, exhaustion, don't let any of those things hold you back from the fullness that God has for you. So if you're here this morning, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is your moment. This is your moment. This is the moment where you put yourself out there, your fears, your anxieties, you put yourself out there. And you say, God, I'm not enough without you. I can't do this without you. And if that's somebody here this morning or you're watching online, I want you to, on the count of three, I'm going to have you raise your hand. And, and the purpose of that, in the Bible it says that if you will confess me before man, I will confess you before the Father. And so this is your moment. This is your moment to say, hey, I can't do this on my own. So if that's you, raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand. There you go. Come on. There's a couple hands right out there. Come on. God's doing amazing work right here, right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, there's another hand there. Come on, Pastor Sarah. You preached the roof off of this place today. Come on. There's about five, four or five hands out there so far. Come on. Is there anybody else? If you're watching online right now, you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, put it in the chat. Say, that's me. Put a little hand in the air. That's If that's you. God is doing a work right here, right now. So if you raise your hand or if you were too scared to raise your hand, listen, God knows your heart, but let's, let's stay in that moment. And if that's you, you're going, I want you to pray with me. Now listen, the words I'm about to pray aren't some special prayer that gets you off the hook, gets you there, get out of jail free card. This is a prayer between your heart and the heart of Jesus. You can say whatever words you want to say. Listen, I've, I've cussed when I've prayed to Jesus before. I know that probably offended a few people, but bummer for you. I talk to Jesus because he's my friend. He loves me. He cares about me. He knows what issues I'm going through. And I've cussed when talking to him before, saying, what the heck, God? Where were you in this? Listen, he wants you to be close to him. So pray with me, just saying, Lord Jesus, I don't have all that it takes. I need you, and I can't do this without you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and then raising again on the third day to prove that you are God. Thank you for loving me. Please forgive me of my sin. And I'll give up everything I have to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, somebody lift up a shout in this place. Woo. Listen, you raise your hand, you pray a prayer, but listen, it's, it's, a, it's a daily life. I got to tell you, you know, a fish lives in water, Christians live in church. Are you with me? You, you, you have to keep getting fed. Listen, if, you're, if, if you come to this church, you're going you're gonna to get bored with me after a while. You will. 
You'll be like, I've heard that story before. I've heard that passion before. And you'll get bored with it after a while. So start feeding yourself. Pastor Sarah gave a lot of Bible verses today, probably triple what I normally do on a Sunday morning. But I'll tell you what, it's because she's in there and she's eating. Are you with me? So go and eat for yourself. I know you wouldn't wait until next Sunday to have your next meal. Come on. Come on. I know some of you are well-rounded like me as a person. Are you with me? So be well-rounded in your word. Come on. Make sure you're eating of the word. Make sure that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Make sure you're eating your word. And you know what? As far as next Saturday goes, get as many backpacks and reams of paper, pencils, pens, all that stuff. Go on my Facebook. I posted that, that, that link on there and everything so you can see what kind of supplies they need. But listen, I'm so passionate about next Saturday that I would rather not have Sunday morning service versus having Saturday. That You know what that means? That means I, I get to preach a tiny sermonette, like maybe 15 minutes they might give me to preach on Saturday. I would rather preach for 15 minutes to people who might give their life to Jesus than preach for 45 minutes the next day and for people that might just tickle their ears. Are you with me? So listen, I have no problem closing down church on Sunday if we can make sure church happens on Saturday. Show up in as much as much church gear as you possibly can so people know who they can talk to, who they can pray with, who, who, that somebody is there that cares about them, okay? Because Saturday is the main event. Sunday, Sunday, you don't, if you don't show up on Sunday and I'm preaching to a bunch of blank chairs, I will be fired up out of my mind as long as you came on Saturday. And you, you prayed for Saturday and you talked to some people and you shared with them because that's what it's about. If we're not out being the church, then what's the point? What's the point? What Pastor Sarah just preached, what's the point? Can you throw that, that last verse that she said, that first Samuel verse? I, I really liked it. It was really good. But be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he's done for you. That word fear gets so messed up because we think we have to be scared of God. Where are my men at in here? Do I have some men in here? Okay, I've got a few of them. Not just boys, not just males. I want men. Do I have men in here? Okay, I've got a few men in here. Men, do we like to be respected? There's something inside of you that says, I have to be respected. Come on, ladies, listen, I'm, gonna give, I'm giving you a freebie here today. If you, wanna, if you want your man to go and leap over walls, give him respect. This is what this word means, to be sure to fear the Lord. Replace that word fear with respect, but be sure to respect the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. It's a reverence for who God is. It's not fear like being scared like a little kid. Like I don't know about you, but maybe when you grow up, your, your parents said, hey, children should be seen, not heard. Do you remember that? And you kind of live in this place of fear. That's not the type of respect I'm talking about. I'm talking about a respect for God and respect for what he wants to do and respect for who he is in your life. Listen, just like Pastor Sarah said, a lot of us use the breath that he gave us to complain. When the breath he gave us was to go out and share the gospel. If you're afraid to share the gospel, then come hang out with some, some of us crazy people and learn how to do it. Because one of the things you'll learn, Pastor Sarah, I would have never known that was the first message that you've preached from a stage before. Amen? That was God moving. 
Was it nerve-wracking? I'm sure it was. I know for weeks when we first said, I remember saying, hey, all of you are going to preach this summer. And they went like, what are we going to, ah. And then and Pastor AJ preached for the first time. And he's like, hey, when's my next time? When's my next time? When's my next time? Because something lights up inside of you when you step out in faith. You start to watch that God can use me. He can use me. He can use you. Oh, my goodness. What if all you did was wear a T-shirt on Saturday? And somebody said, hey, you go to that church? You say, yeah, can I pray for you? Come on, and watch what God does through you. Watch what God does through you. I will see a nation change because of what God does through each of us. Come on. Oh, my gosh, what if people stopped thinking I was crazy? Because all y'all are crazy with me. It just became the new norm. Are you with me? Come on. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to get into the community this weekend. God, I thank you that you've called this church to be your hands and feet. And Lord, I pray over every single person that is that came here with a need this morning. Maybe you came here needing financial breakthrough. Maybe you came here needing some physical breakthrough. What, that, that if there's an ailment in your body that the doc said it's not, it's not curable. And maybe you came in here just needing something from the Lord. Listen, I just believe that the Lord's going to touch you right now. Father God, touch you. Touch your children right now. If they're watching online, if they're driving in their car, God, I just pray for healing to come over people's bodies right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for a release of financial breakthrough, God, so they don't have to stress and worry anymore. God, we just thank you right now that you're coming through for your people. You love your children. You love your children. So, God, we come at you with belief. We believe because you're a good father. You're a good God. You're a good daddy. So, God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for pouring out on us. Thanks for giving us breath today. Thank you for, thank you for putting us in a country that is, allows us to preach the gospel in the middle of a middle school. Come on. Or in the middle of a Stater Brothers parking lot. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. And we give it all to you. I pray that you get so much glory from this coming week. So much glory through our youth. So much glory through our women's ministry and our men's ministry. So much glory, God. I pray that you're just overwhelmed with glory this week, Lord, as we all take that heart of service and we take to heart everything that Pastor Sarah shared with us today. God, I pray for my own heart that I become more and more like you every single day. I didn't come here to be served, but to go and serve. So, Father, we thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's worship the King.
That mighty storm is brewing. Come on, somebody. Oh, that mighty storm is brewing in this place right here, right now. Listen, if you can, if you can sense the Holy Spirit in this moment, he's stirring something up. He's stirring something up. You know, when pa Pastor Chelsea and I started pastoring this church when it was just a video campus for Centerpoint, I remember God telling me that this will be the epicenter of what I want to do in this region. Now, I thought that was impossible because how could we be the epicenter of what God wants to do when we're only watching a movie every Sunday morning? How is that possible? Now, here we are a few years later to see what God is doing. Let the storm brew inside of you. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. It's going to look reckless. It's going to look reckless to people around you. You're going to look like you're not paying attention to what's important. That's what people will say to you. If you, Why would you go and do these things? You have more important things to do. That's what the world will tell you. But if you start to get reckless, you start, you're going to see that God is going to say, hey, I want you to go out and talk to somebody. Hey, you know that extra money that you were putting aside for something else? I actually have a different use for it, and I'll bless you beyond all you can imagine. Listen, when God starts to move, it looks reckless. It looks crazy. It looks like it doesn't make sense. I have pastors that ask me, why are you partnering with real estate agents to get out there in the community? Why wouldn't you just put cards out there and hope that people come to your church? Listen, I want people's ears that haven't heard the gospel to hear the gospel. And most people don't like going to church. I don't like going to church. Are you with me? Church gets boring too often. We need to go and share the gospel. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Listen, this should just be a huddle. Sunday morning is a huddle. Hey, do I have any football fans? Sunday morning is a huddle. Sunday morning is taking a time out so that we can say, hey, how are we going to go out there and make a new play? How are we going to go out there and change our environment? How are we going to go out there and change people's lives? Because if church is only on Sunday, we missed it. We missed it, and I refuse to miss it. Are you with me? Oh, my goodness. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathed within. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me. God's going to ask us to do some crazy stuff coming up here soon. I can feel it. I can feel it. And I've already scared away all the wishy-washy Christians anyways. All of them can go to another place where they can sit on a cushy chair, eat donuts, and drink coffee. But this, this place is going to be for God's warriors. This place is for people that are going to step out in faith. This place is going to watch, watch a movement happen because people actually walk it out instead of just talking about it. Watch this place. Watch what God does over the next few years. Everybody's going to know who Jesus is. Are you with me? Come on. Father, we give you the glory. Come on.
with you. I never felt it on my heart to go and minister to the youth. I did as a teenager because I was a youth. I preached to the youth, but as I've grown, I've just preached to whoever my age group was and older. It's always been that way. But can I tell you something? I don't know if I'll ever miss youth camp again. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal to sit there with those young people. It was phenomenal to sit there with them and as they asked questions. They said, Pastor Justin, why don't we have hip-hop music on, on the stage on a Sunday morning? I said, you know what? It's a gift that's in somebody else. There's no reason why it shouldn't be on the stage on a Sunday morning. But I also told him, listen, if you're not engaging in worship already, then you're missing the point of worship. The point of worship is not for me. The point of worship is to give him glory. Whether there's, whether there's hip-hop up here or this awesome band we have behind us, or there's a 97-year-old grandma on an organ... We still give glory to God because a joyful noise is being made and we worship him because he is king. Not because it feels good to us, amen? Gosh, to hang out with these young people and to see how God just impacted them so huge. I'm excited for our youth. I promise you in the next couple years we're going to see youth preaching on this stage like Caden. Come on, like these young people all around here. We're going to see these guys preaching up. Yes, you will, Ruby. Don't you say you won't. You will be preaching up there. I saw that. I got you in my sights, and so does Jesus. Because God's going to use this next generation. Listen, we got to stop speaking this negative stuff over the generation, the next generation. We got to stop saying, oh, they're, they're a bunch of snowflakes and they're a bunch of this and that. Listen, these, this is the most powerful generation that is going to come on board and be so excited about the move of God. Are you with me? I'm believing that there will be rubies standing on this stage preaching the truth. I believe there'll be Caden standing on this stage preaching the truth. I believe in the next generation. Oh, we have not seen a generation of faith yet, in my opinion. Are you with me? Because if these kids learn how to trust God because of your faith, oh man, I, I told those kids that they could blow past you. Did, I want you to know that. All week long, I told them, listen, you can inspire these old crusty people to actually do something with their lives if you'll go out there and share your faith. Are you with me? All the kids are going to be wearing their youth shirts on Saturday. They're ready to go out and pray and to believe and to see God move. I'm excited. Anyway, I better get you out of here. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you, God, for this church. God, I know you have huge plans for this place, and it has very little to do with the building. And so, God, I just thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you're moving. Here we are, your humble servants. Here we are, Lord, send us. 
not to be better than anybody else, not to, not to toot our own horn, but to share your goodness and your glory and not be afraid to do so. And so, God, I just thank you, and I give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen, amen. All right, here's your chance to serve, like Pastor Sarah said. you want to say something? Don't forget there are some stickers. If you're declaring that you and your house is going to serve the Lord, make sure that you get one back there. Amen. Start today. Lunch can wait a little bit longer.